Hello and welcome back to the Trap Game Podcast. My name is Mark Ruthop. I am your host. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, took a one-week hiatus, but we are back. We are here for week four picks of the NFL slate. Last week, not so hot. Um, brings us to a season record of 14 and 17. Um, the lock did not look good. The Vikings did not come through for us against the Eagles. Um, but we're going to, like I said, we're going to bounce back. We're going to bounce back here. Before we get to the picks, though, um, Thursday night football went down tonight. Bengals get the win. They cover the three and a half. By kickoff, it got to four. Um, if you guys follow the official Twitter account of the Trap Game podcast, the Bengals were the official pick for the night. Um, it was obviously going to be a pretty backed underdog for the night. But when the Bengals moved from one and a half on the opening spread all the way to four, it's just one of those things that the sports book knows something that we don't. Um, and credit to the Dolphins. Um, horrific, horrific injury to Tua. Two weeks in a row, um, whoever cleared him to play last week should be fired already. Um, and then to let him come into the game, it was probably the hardest I've ever seen a quarterback get thrown into the ground. Uh, if you didn't see it, if you're squeamish, you don't like to see people hurt, don't watch the video. Um, man, it was it was hard to see Tua out like that. Um, and I think the books knew that he was playing hurt. I think we all knew that he was playing hurt. Uh, that's why the Bengals were the right side tonight. And Joe Burrow, man, he's 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 looking good. Um, I think we just needed to give the Bengals some time, especially Burrow, considering, like I said, uh, in the week one preview show, that guys not playing the preseason is such a huge deal nowadays um, that you knew that Burrow was going to get back. You just knew he was going to get back to where he was last season. Uh, and he's showing it right now. He's only taken three sacks over the last two weeks. And look at that. Um, they go and they beat a bad Jets team. But then they beat arguably, maybe besides the Eagles, the hottest team in the NFL right now. They did get to do it without Tua in there. But at the same time, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is no joke. He could still be a starter and probably should be a starter for an NFL team in this league. Uh, you could see it. The first drive he took over, maybe the second, uh, he scored a touchdown right away. So a good turnover. Big plays for the Bengals. Gets the cover. It was looking shaky for a little bit there, but we'll take it. Um, also, before we get into the picks... Baseball playoffs is right around the corner. I think we only have maybe a week left, a little bit over a week left. The Yankees have officially clinched the AL East. Thank goodness. Um, cannot say how excited I am. Um, I already have tickets to the first game. I'm sure I'm going to be going to the second game. I can almost guarantee if they get past the ALDS, I'll have tickets to the American League Championship Series. So 
as much fun it is as it's going to be, it is going to hurt my wallet a little bit, but it's all about the experience, man. Getting to live in New York, being here for one full year so far has been awesome. Um, and hopefully this playoffs is something that us Yankees fans will never forget. Speaking of things we'll never forget, um, Judge ties Roger Maris with 61. What a, what an amazing season. Um, even if you don't like the Yankees, you, you have to just be happy for the guy. He plays the game the right way. He says all the right things and he's going to win the MVP. He has only one week left to lock up a triple crown for a guy that bet on himself. I mean, he's going to make 350 plus uh, next year. So good for him. Hopefully he stays with the Yankees, but he has earned every dollar that he has coming his way. Um, pretty funny story. A uh, couple years ago when I bought his rookie card, I bought it for about 150 uh, and I just went to a card show with my buddy Derek, uh, who actually owns his own shop. So if you guys are into cards, uh, head over to my buddy D rocks rips, over on ebay he does have an ebay store and he does have a physical location i do not have the address right now but if you guys are interested he's got a lot of really cool stuff up on his uh ebay store shoot him a message he'll get back to you right away um if you live on the long or in the long island area if you're interested um yeah, because I went and I did a show with him the other day, trying to help him out a little bit, and everyone is looking for judge cards right now. I mean, it's the hottest card on the market, and when judge hits that home run, I have just like my judge cards hanging out because I, I have them for my personal collection, and you just see the dollar signs following the trail of that baseball. Um it cards is awesome if even if you don't sell like i remember going to shows with my dad um and it's it's just something so cool to to get to get back into because it's one of those memories that you know i i always get to share with my old man um but yeah i just wanted to shout out my buddy Derek one more time it's a great time to get into the judge market uh if you don't collect Buy him up right now because when he wins the MVP, when he hopefully wins a triple crown, those cards are just going to keep going up. Um, but yeah, just cannot wait for the playoffs. The Mariners just won on a walk-off tonight, so kind of looks like we'd be getting either the Guardians or the Mariners, I believe. So I feel good. Outside of having to face Luis Castillo once, maybe twice, I'm feeling okay um, the Yankees are playing good right now, but yeah, man, let's uh, let's get into some football, right? Like I said, the Bengals cover the minus four tonight against the Dolphins. Kicking off into Sunday, you have the Vikings minus two and a half against the Saints. The Saints are at home. This is, well, they're at home, but this is the London game. This is a 9.30 Eastern Standard Time start. The over-under is 43. The over is minus 115. A uh, little juice there for the over. Um, 
these London games are always weird. There, there's always they're always weird, low scoring games for whatever reason. I am gonna take the Vikings here. Um, they don't have the greatest pass defense, so Justin Jefferson, he's kind of been quiet these last couple weeks. I have, I think he has a really, really big game here, and Jameis is playing with a broken back. Um, so I don't know how effective he's going to be. The Vikings defense isn't exactly been a juggernaut and, you know, the Vikings have kind of been underwhelming after, you know, after what I thought was going to be a really good start to the season for them, especially, you know, after getting just thrashed by the Eagles. Um, but I do like them to at least cover this game by a field goal. I guess I just can't see Jameis taking these guys into London, especially playing hurt. Um, you know, I think the Vikings can force enough pressure, make him move a little bit, make him uncomfortable. We already all know that Jameis likes to turn the ball over. I think the Vikings can turn them, turn him over enough, uh, make him make a couple mistakes to at least cover this two and a half. So hopefully we get off to a really good start here. Um, a really early game, like I said, but for us that like to gamble a little bit, I'm sure we'll all be up. I don't think most, most of us would have money on this game besides the fact that it is going to be the only thing on at 930. Um, but yeah, we're going to take the Vikings minus the two and a half. Uh, moving on to the Bills at the Ravens. The Bills are minus three. The over-under is 51. Um, the under is juiced to minus 115. This is a weird game for me um, just because the line does seem a little bit low for the Bills considering how many injuries that the Ravens do have against this really high-powered offense. But at the same time, the Bills secondary is almost completely out. So I do think that this can be a very high-scoring game. I just don't see how either team is going to stop either guy. Um, I think Josh Allen and Lamar are going to have huge days against both like very banged-up defenses. I, I just um, I can't see a scenario where this game doesn't end up at least 28-28. Um, and then, you know, each team scores four touchdowns, you cover right there. So I'm definitely leaning the over on that game, especially if I'm getting a little bit of juice to the over. Uh, the only, I don't know where to lean on this game. I think the Bills can outlast the Ravens here. So I will take the Bills at minus three. I think either way, this is a no bet for me. It'll be a fun game to watch, but it just seems without either defense being healthy, um, I just think both teams, like I said, are going to be able to score at will here. So Bills minus three reluctantly. Like I said, not going to touch this game, uh, but it should be a fun one. It should be a fun one. I'm just going to take the team that is better all around constructed. Uh, so yeah, Bills minus three. Um, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars who have been surprising. Uh, number one rush defense in the NFL against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Eagles are minus six and a half, juiced to minus 115. The over under is 46 and a half. The under 
is minus 105. So here's my thing with this game. This is another game that I really, really like the total. I love the under of 46 and a half. These are two teams that like to run the ball. They're supposed to be heavy rain and heavy winds on this uh, during this game. It's supposed to be at least 16 mile an hour winds. Neither team, I mean, outside of the Jaguars, but like I said, the Jaguars have been able to hold the run down. So I'm not, I can't see the Eagles ripping off huge runs this entire game. I think this is going to be a knockdown or sit down, knockdown, drag them out game. Winner comes super late. So that's why I'm taking the Jaguars here at the plus six and a half. They have been very, very surprising. And maybe they were a good team all along. Just Urban Meyer was sitting on the sideline, not having a clue what was going on. Um, and Doug Peterson, he's won a coach of the year. Eagles probably shouldn't let him go, and he's doing good things with a young, young team right now. Uh, you could see that they wanted to, under Urban Meyer at least, phase James Robinson out of the picture. Why? I mean, the guy has been stellar so far this year. So the Jags are a fun story. I do like them here at the plus six and a half. Like I said, the over or the under at 46 and a half is also extremely enticing. Um, so I usually don't do super locks for my over-unders, but I mean, it is on the short list for the under on that game. But we'll move on to the Commanders at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus three. The over-under is 41. This was the hardest game I had choosing a side. Um, I went through every game. I picked a side, and I left this one blank until the very end. Um, just because I still don't, I still don't have a feel for either team. Um, like Carson Wentz, like we see it week to week. He can be a different quarterback. He can be absolutely stellar one week and then he can have less than a hundred yards and throw two or three picks. So I'm going to take the team that I think is better constructed here at home I am going to take the Cowboys at the minus three. I don't really feel good about it. This is probably another stay away game for me. The over under at 41. Again, I just don't have a good feeling for it. The fact that the books have the total at the over at juice to minus 115 is a little strange to me. Um, these are decent defenses. Nothing to write home about, though. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys here, minus three. Not going to really think about it too much on Sunday, that's for sure. I'll probably be checking in on the line score, considering I do have CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Uh, Dalton Schultz could still be out. So, yeah, we'll, we'll take the Cowboys here and we'll hold our nose there. Moving on to the Jets and the Steelers. The Steelers are at minus three, juiced to minus 115. The over-under is 41 and a half. This is another tough one. There's a, there's a lot of tough games. Um, Zach Wilson is back for the Jets. Does that make a huge difference for me this week? No, not really. Uh, especially, you know, I want to see how he looks. This is still a good Steelers defense, even without uh, Watt. But I, I'm just, I'm. this is another hold my nose. I'm not going to bet it. 
I'm going to take the Jets at the plus three here. I just don't think the Steelers are... I, I can't justify them. I can't justify laying points with the Steelers. Um, I think this is going to be another low-scoring game. I can see the Steelers kicking a field goal to end the game and just getting a push. Seems like a very, very push-style kind of game to me. We'll see how, how Zach Wilson looks. Zach Wilson can come out and be a stud. Um, I haven't really seen that out of him yet, and I think this is a bad spot against a good defense for him to come into come back this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll back the young kid. Still don't really believe in Mitch Trubisky. The Jets' defense is okay. Um, Sauce Gardner looks like the real deal, so he should at least be able to shut down one side of the field. So that makes me feel at least comfortable enough to take the Jets um, at the plus three here. Uh, let's move on to the Seahawks and the Lions. The Lions are minus four, juiced to minus 115. Um, the over-under is 48. I'll tell you what, the Lions are fun. They got an offense. And I hope they don't hold on to Jared Goff. Um, because if they got like an awesome quarterback in this offense, the Lions can be a problem for quite a few years. Like I said, a couple weeks ago, they're building the right way. Um, and they can put up points, man. Like their defense isn't quite there yet. Their defense can get shredded just a little bit, but I tell you what, I tell you what, the Lions at minus four is looking real good, especially at home. I really, really like the Lions this week. I am going to take them at the minus 115. The over-under is 48. I could definitely see this going over. Um, you know, the Seahawks offense at least can put up some points. They can move the ball a little bit. And like I said, the Lions defense isn't quite up to par with their offense quite yet. So I can definitely see a good amount of points being scored in this game. Um, DeAndre Swift being out doesn't, you know, it it doesn't help the Lions, but I don't necessarily think it hurts them. I, I'm not a big believer that running backs make a gigantic difference in a game. The running game can make a huge difference, but not particularly like any single running back unless your name is Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, or Jonathan Taylor. Unless you're one of those three guys, I'm not, you know, most running backs are interchangeable. And even Jonathan Taylor hasn't been anything special. Um, my fantasy team has been feeling the effects of him not having such a great year so far. Um, but yeah, we're going to take the Lions at the minus four. Don't mind the juice at the minus 115. We are going to move on to what potentially... Could be the ugliest game of the week. We are at the Chicago Bears at the New York Giants. The Giants are minus three. The over-under, or the Giants are actually juiced to minus 115. The over-under is 39 and a half. I picked the Giants here um, just because the Bears can't score. Like, they just can't score, man. They've attempted, I think, something like 27 passes over three weeks. Like, an absolutely insanely low number. 
So you're going to get a lot of runs. The Giants don't do anything particularly well, um, at least on the offensive side of the ball, besides hand it off to Saquon. So the over-under of 39.5, especially in games that there's going to be just a ton of running, the under is always enticing. Um, I would probably... I'm going to put in like a little teaser together and I can tell you that that over under of 39 and a half will be part of a teaser um, to the under there. But yeah, I mean, we'll just we'll just take the Giants. And can I say one thing? Why do players feel like they think that they care more than the fans do? I get it, man. You like Justin Fields. I get it. We all get it. You guys are the ones practicing. You guys are the ones in there preparing. We understand that you care. But the one thing that you should never do, especially on a shitty team like the Bears, don't talk down to your fans like you guys care more. Like what what is even the point of saying that? And he's not the only one to have ever done it. He's just the most recent. Be upset with your fans. There's no reason that you should be talking down on your fans. The fans are the ones that pay your bills, my guy. The fans are the ones that show up to watch you throw the ball 13 times. The fans are the ones that go in there and watch you guys lose every week. And still stay loyal. Fans are going to be there. They were there way before you. Bears fans. Packers fans. Lions fans. Chargers fans. Cardinals fans. We're going to be there way before you got there. We're going to be there long after you're gone. So the one thing. As a professional athlete. You shouldn't do. As much as annoying as fans can get. And I know they can get annoying. You shouldn't talk shit on your own fans. Just does not make sense why these guys think that that's a good idea ever. And you know, if the Bears win this week, I'm sure the Bears Bears fans won't care. Which is another thing. Like, you gotta hold these guys accountable for stuff they say. Still was wild to me. I had just moved to New York, and it's still wild to me how quickly Mets fans forgave Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor for giving them the thumbs down, giving their own fans the thumb down while they were in the middle of a historic collapse to miss the playoffs. It's unbelievable. And I don't, I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, Yankees fans would never forgive. They would never forget. I'm sure we would. I'm sure we would too. But I don't think we'll ever have an issue with the <laughs> with someone doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I guess the only person that I could think of that was even close to that is Clint Frazier. And he, you know, he said some stupid stuff about Yankees fans, but he played like shit. He wasn't any good here. And I don't think I don't think Yankees fans miss him at all. I can tell you I don't. Have fun putzing around the Cubs minor league system, you jabroni. 
But anyway, got off on a tangent there. But yeah, again, like don't unless you guys start winning, keep the fans out of your mouth, man. Like there's no reason that you should ever talk down on your fans. But we'll move on to the Chargers and the Houston Texans. The Texans are plus five and a half. The over under is 44. This is another situation where a quarterback is playing just beat up. I just read today that they are altering Justin Herbert's practice routine. They didn't have him throw Wednesday. They had him throw limited today. You can't tell me that that's a guy that's healthy. You can't tell me that that's a guy that should be starting an NFL game. You saw it against the Chiefs. The dude couldn't run. He couldn't throw. I mean, he made one throw, but it was from his, like it wasn't even his normal throwing motion. He threw it from like three quarters all the way down. I mean, it was still a strike. <clears throat> but I'm sorry, like I'm not gonna back the Chargers, especially with how hurt they are. Again, they just lost just lost Joey Bosa. They just lost Rashawn Slater. Keenan Allen might not be back yet. Um, so I'm sorry. As much as I like the Chargers and I want to see them do well, I'm going to take the Texans in the points here. Until Justin Herbert can show that he's fully healthy and the Chargers can get over the curse of them losing every single player with a heartbeat on their roster to injury at some point in the season... I'm not going to take the Texans, or I'm not going to take the Chargers here. And we're going to back the Texans at the plus five and a half. The over-under seems a little bit high to me too. Um, 44 seems like a lot of points for two. The tech, Like I said, the Texans aren't particularly good anyway. And I just, I just see the Chargers struggling on offense with all the injuries that they have going on right now. And Staley is not a particularly good coach to begin with. So... Texans plus five and a half is the play. We are going to move on to the Browns and the Falcons. Falcons plus one and a half at minus 115. The over under is 49. Um, I've been a big Falcons backer so far this year. Um, We hit on them a, a couple times already. This week, though, Cordero Patterson hasn't been practicing. Um... And I think if he's out, that is a huge loss. Such a big dimension to this offense will be out. Uh, And the Browns can score. The Browns have looked really good, um, at least on offense. Brissett has not slowed this team down at all. Um, It can hurt them missing Miles Garrett for sure. Uh, You obviously want one of the best defensive ends in the league on that line. But... At the end of the day, I do think the Browns can win this game by two points. Um, I, I just I can't see the Falcons keeping up on offense. Like I said, especially if Patterson is out. Patterson's playing, it might be a little bit different of a story, but then this spread would be a little bit lower. It'd probably be more close to a pick than plus one and a half. Uh, so yeah, we're going to take the Browns minus one and a half here. Um, the over under 49, I'd probably take the under again. I I just think the Falcons offense can be hurt really bad by Patterson not being in. Um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just take the Browns here though. 
We'll move on to the Titans and the Colts. The Colts are minus three at minus 115. The over-under is 42 and a half. I loved, loved the Colts last week. Um, the number, it was a classic trap game number. Everyone was on the Colts, rightfully so. They won that game outright as underdogs. This week, though, we are backing the Titans at the plus three. I am not ready to say that the Colts are back. I'm not ready to say that they're a good team yet. Um, I want to see Jonathan Taylor have a big game. Their defense, the Colts' defense is still banged up quite a bit. So Derrick Henry should have a good, a huge game. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a really big game for Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. Um, but until the Colts can start stringing some good games together... I'm not going to completely buy into the Chiefs game just yet because, again, it was just a bad spot for the Chiefs and a great spot for the Colts to rebound there. But Titans plus three is a play here. Minus 105, I'll take it. Um, but we'll move on to the Cardinals and the Panthers. The Cardinals are plus one and a half. The over-under is 43, minus 115. It is supposed to be raining tonight. Or not tonight, I'm sorry. But should be raining on Sunday in Carolina. Um, I hate picking the Cardinals every week because uh, I know how bad they are. Uh, and like I said, just Cl Cliff Kingsbury is just an absolute goofball. Does not belong. He does not. He should not be on an NFL sideline, especially not as a head coach. Um. Kyler just, I, I, I want to believe in him. I really, really do. But when you are asking your franchise quarterback, hey, Kyler, what, what's not working here? The play calling? Is it, is it the lack of effort? He said everything. He said everything was wrong. As a franchise quarterback, don't you think you're the one that should be in there fixing it, my guy? Not sitting at home playing Call of Duty? What are we doing? And I'm hoping that once Cliff Kingsbury is booted out of town, because he should be, they have a couple more bad weeks, there's no way that he should be the coach of this team. Hopefully, we start running Kyler Murray. That's the reason, that's what made him so good in college. Let him use his legs. He's not a pocket passer. Let him get outside of the pocket, make things happen, run guys open, extend plays, stop acting like he's six foot five and Aaron Rodgers. Because he's not, he needs to run. He runs four times a game. And guess what happens when he starts running? Good things. What have I said about Lamar Jackson since we've started this show? When he runs, it opens up the field for him to throw. When he gets bottled in the backfield and he can't run, he has terrible games. Let Kyler run. Let I get it. We don't want him hurt, but you have to open up the pass game. He cannot sit there... All defense need to do is sit back. 
because he is not a great he he's just not a good thrower i'm sorry he's got a good arm for sure he makes some really good throws but he can be doing that all the time if you let this kid get outside of the pocket especially with deandre hopkins out this offensive this this pass game has been abysmal. They've been getting off the slow starts every week. This defense isn't good enough to keep them in games. They should be 0-3, but by a miracle, they beat the Raiders due to their own incompetence. So thank you, Raiders, for at least letting us stay 1-2. and But again, I, I'm going to take the Cardinals here because I just don't think the Panthers are a good team either. Um they should be able to at least hang around and have a chance to win this game. And that's the only reason I'm going to take the Cardinals. There's no reason that they should be getting blown out here. Um, so we'll we'll take the Cardinals here. This is a no bet for me. I'm going to watch the game. Hopefully it turns out okay um, for my boys. But I'm not, I don't feel good about it. That's for sure. We'll move on to... The Patriots and the Packers. The Packers are minus nine and a half. The over-under is 40 and a half. Um, seems like an extremely low number, especially when they're expecting or giving a nine and a half point line to the Packers here. Um, obviously, Mac Jones probably won't be playing this week with a high ankle sprain, but Brian Hoyer's been around. I mean, the guy's not... A dead fish out there he's not very good but he's definitely not the worst backup in the world and he does have starting experience um that being said i i mean i am gonna take the packers at the minus nine and a half i just like i said i think brian hoyer's an okay quarterback but i don't think the patriots have the firepower to hang with the packers here um i'll, I'll take the nine and a half this is another no bet for me. Um, I will tease the Packers. I will have the Packers in a teaser though this week. Um, so we'll take the Packers for the for the show at least at the minus nine and a half. Moving on to the Broncos and the Raiders. The Raiders are minus two and a half. The over under is forty five and a half. How bad of a coach is Nathaniel Hackett? When they didn't land Aaron Rodgers, they should have been like, look, like we understand that we just hired you as the head coach, but that was really only if Aaron Rodgers was coming here. So we're going to go a different direction. Sorry. Like he is so terrible. So, so terrible. Um, I'm going to, I mean, the Raiders are no, <laughs> no walk in the park either. Um, Raiders don't look good at all uh they are they have been very disappointing i get it like they do play in the best division in football still in my opinion but both of these teams obviously have not found their footing yet um i'm just gonna take the better quarterback here i'm gonna take what i think is the better defense not by much but by a little bit and I'll take the Broncos plus the points. Um, I just don't feel comfortable laying anything with the Raiders right now. And like I said, I mean, it, it's Russell Wilson. He's not the quarterback that he used to be, clearly. But 
I'm always going to take the better quarterback in what is sh- what should be a close game. But then we'll move on to the Chiefs at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are plus one. The over-under is 45. I would love to see how many times Tom Brady has been an underdog at home. It has to be on one finger or one, one hand. Uh, there, there can't be this many, that many instances of Tom Brady being a home underdog. Um, I am going to take the Buccaneers at home plus the one. It seems like an off number to me. Um, they played pretty decent last week. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just going to take Tom Brady as the home underdog. It kind of sounds like he might be hurt, might be playing with, might be playing a little bit hurt. And honestly, I would love to get your guys' opinion. Does he just, I, do you think he's bought in fully this year? It doesn't really seem like it. I mean, he he wasn't around the team during the preseason. I get it. It's Tom Brady, and that's what everyone was saying. But, I mean, you have to have the chemistry. He's not played for the Buccaneers that long where he should, you know, he, he knows these guys inside and out like he did in New England. Um, But, like I said, like, I'll take the Buccaneers at the plus one here just, just for the sake of of it being Tom Brady and him being an underdog at home. This game could be played in Minneapolis, uh, considering um, what happens with this hurricane. Nothing has been made official yet, but that is the contingency plan as as of now, is that they will play in Minnesota if they cannot play um, in Tampa. But we will move on to the Monday night game. Uh, it is the Niners minus one and a half. The over-under is 42 and a half. This is an easy pick for me, and I know people are going to be surprised here, but it's going to be, for me, the Niners at the minus one and a half. The, the Rams are going to be heavily, heavily bet by the public here because in every metric you look at this team, how bad the Niners played last week, the Niners should be an underdog in this game. I, I don't see any reason besides this being a trap number that the Niners are minus one and a half. This, this is a clear trap for the sports book. They are going to have heavy, heavy money coming in on the Rams. And I guarantee you, for some reason, we're going to see reverse line movement in this game. So give me the Niners at the minus one and a half. The super lock of the week here. I am leaning towards the Browns. um, And I think that is what we're going to go with is the Browns are going to be the super lock of the week at minus one and a half. Um, the teaser for the week is going to be the under for the Eagles and Jags game. So we're going to take that under to 42.5. We are going to take the Jets at plus 3. So that's going to take them all the way to plus 9. We are going to take the Texans at plus 5.5. That's going to take them up to plus 11.5. 
We are going to take the Buccaneers at plus one. We are going to take them all the way up to a full touchdown at plus seven. And we are going to take the Packers down to minus three and a half. So that is the picks of the week. Tell me, guys, what you think. Tell me what your locks are this week, what your favorite bets are. We are going to get back on the horse this week. The NFL is starting to level out. You're really starting to see who the good teams are, who's going to be consistent, who's not going to be consistent. So the picks should start getting, hopefully, hopefully a little bit better here. Um, we will be back next week, hopefully before the Thursday night game, depending on work schedules and all that fun stuff. But as always, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to w- listen to me talk about sports. I said it is, it is the coolest thing in the world to me that people take time out of their day to do that, um, to do something that I love. So thank you again. Thank you to Belly Up Sports for sponsoring the show. You guys have a great week. Let's win some money, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you again. See you later. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.